Rob, you you don't need to be here for this. First part, you know, this thing that is totally not planned at all. That we're just right. kind of talking, and it makes it seem like we're just doing. Okay, um, Whatever, I'm out. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Omar, so I was listening to um, Elderly Woman behind a counter in a small town. Um, I don't know to, what that is. Yeah, today. Uh, and, <laughs> and you know, which about what it's about? It's about you know, like a woman that's never left her hometown and is seeing someone that she used to love come into the store that she works at. Oh, right? wait, this is music? It is, it is. <laughs> oh, fuck this. I'm out of here. Yeah. So, like, I was listening to it, which I love that song. I love the, the lyrics and all that stuff. And it's so uh, good. You know, a woman trapped in her small town. And it occurred to me that it's basically the start of every single Hallmark Christmas movie. And it ruined the song for me. Oh, come on. Everyone. Why did you have to say that out loud? Right? Like, <sighs> you know what? And I can Suddenly, see this it. music conversation isn't so terrible. I can see it's actually the reverse of a Hallmark Christmas movie because it's usually the woman that goes to the big city and is like, "Oh, it's scary. I need to go back." And I'm so overworked. And then she gets back, and there's a like she meets like a buff dude without a shirt bailing hay, who has lost the meaning of Christmas. Well, Rob, now that Rob's interested in the discussion, now that it's more about crushing dreams than music. (laughs) True, true. It made my life a little worse, so Rob's excited. Okay, do the thing where you talk about what we're actually talking about today. You mean like how you're listening to the Gimme 5 podcast? Episode 278. You know who it's brought to you by? The Gimme 5 patrons. And Itch Be Gone. <laughs> Guaranteed to stop itches in uncomfortable places quickly. Spend time in other parts of the country. <laughs> you almost got me. And now you have uh, tingling in your naughty bits. Try Itch Be Gone. This is the Gimme Five podcast. That was a really long pause, and I feel pause. like he was considering that very deeply for just a moment. <laughs> so many things in my brain. Uh, this is a semi-entertaining show, but it's very entertaining to me because I know what's going on. Um, you're about entertained, <laughs> very easily entertained. But it's uh, it's about interesting things. He, he basically can record things. the podcast, listen to it the next day, and be like, I don't remember any of this. I don't. Uh, a lot of those things are new to me, even the ones I said. Um, that completely are, would have been me last night. <laughs> nice. Speaking of how, uh, oh wait, no, let's do it this way. Uh, they, they, let, we'll do that first. But then I'm going to ask Mary about how it went last night. So my name is Peter, and I'm joined by Paul. No, Paul. Where's Paul? Oh, uh, I thought I was going to be Mary, but I'll be Paul. Hey. Well, and I'm also joined by Mary, but it looks like... Uh, yeah, that's a common misconception. It's actually... Um, it's spelled Mary, but it's pronounced Steve. <laughs> All the letters are silent. All of them are silent. Got the it. M is actually a silent ST. Or a, you emphasize the ST on that. Fair enough. Fair, the STD. Wait, what are we here? Okay, let's move on from it. Um, this week, there's a lot of... There's some music. There is. Um, a lot of metal this week. Yeah, Metallica has a new record out uh, that Greg's going to talk about called 72 Seasons. Um, the movie Studio 666 that is has everything to do with the Foo Fighters. The Netflix movie um, Chupa, 
we're going to mention the Mandalorian finale. Um, so as soon as I start that, that'd be great. And uh, the Miss, the Peacock original, Mrs. Davis, which is nothing like what it sounds like. Yeah, so, I believe that's so, Ms. Davis. <laughs> so Fair the good enough. thing here is, for, for you at least, um, Peter, or whatever your name is, uh, since you aren't going to remember what we're talking about, we are not going to actually spoil the Mandalorian for you. I have a memory like a steel trap. It's not a problem. It's a it's, rusty steel trap, but it's still a steel it's, trap. It's been closed and sitting at the bottom of the Monongahela River for decades. That, ooh. <laughs> nice. Did you make up a river to, just to say that? No, it's, the, it's one of the rivers in Pittsburgh. My dad used to have his boat on the river. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, All right. I like that. Greg and his geographical knowledge. Only in Pittsburgh. Uh, anyway, Pittsburgh geographical knowledge. <laughs> so it, it'd be good. It's going to be good for him if we if we spoil things because he's not going to remember by the time he actually watches it. Um, but for you out there, if you're that has about, actually happened to me. Yeah, uh, you worry uh, if you're out there worried that we're going to spoil the Mandalorian for you because you haven't watched it. Now, eh, we'll just when we start talking about the Mandalorian, just go somewhere else for five minutes and then come back. Um, I don't think we're really going to spoil much about an album or like a cute little movie about a chupacabra is it called chupa it is okay cool mm-hmm. i kind of guessed that so okay so that's all that was your spoiler warning uh you can uh i don't know address any letters of anger and rage to uh, uh sesame street at pbs.com sure fair enough okay where, where are we at um we i don't think any of us have any news no, I don't have any news. Okay, I did no. put a Florida story on there. Uh, you are you as the host uh, should be covering that. Do you want me to cover it since I've actually read it? Sure. <laughs> oh, I did read about this. I, I did not. This one I did not see. Dipshit. Uh, not you, the guy. Cool. So. Um, oh wait, that guy looks familiar. Yeah, I've seen this story. Oh, it does he? He looks a little bit like one of our hosts here, at least a, long, a while ago. Fair um, enough. So uh, there's a uh, Florida man. Because uh, this is the Florida man story of the week, um, who WTF. got re- got really really drunk at Disney Springs. Was that where you were yesterday? No, I was at. Uh, well, we did go to the Springs to watch the movie, but um, then we went to Hollywood Studios and I drank at Olga's Cantina. Uh, nice. Gotcha. Still only been to that Star Wars thing like one and a half times. It's pretty pathetic. I need to go more. Okay, uh, so anyway, his name is Edward Stevenson. Uh, he is of, of Brandon, Florida. Uh, he did plead not guilty to trespass, but um, here's what actually what he did do. Uh, it took three deputies to place, to place this man's arm behind his back at Disney Springs, uh, according to the Orange County Sheriff's arrest report. Uh, he, continued, he was very, very drunk, belligerent, uh, getting mad. He was cursing at and in front of children. It's the at children. Like, what could you possibly do? Like, you fuck oh, you. Shit. You fuck you and your little hat with ears. Yeah. <laughs> well, you little, you little bitch in the goofy hat. Like, walking around like out a magical time. <laughs> Probably smack, smacking those like ice cream bars out of, pe- out of kids' hands and stuff. Spiteful. Yeah. He's spiteful about it. You know what? There's no, Mickey Mouse is dead and there's no Santa. <laughs> I'm sure you... <laughs> I'm sure you guys have been to Brandon. Um... None of this surprises me. No, yeah, it's very true. Very true. Uh, 
I was there once. Oh. I was there once watching um, people. I didn't mean to be, but I just happened upon people. Uh, I believe they were going mudding in a environmental preserve with giant yes, like that sounds trucks. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, let's see. Sounds he right. he uh, reported making inappropriate comments to juveniles at the Once Upon a Toy Store. By the way, this, this is uh, someone so drunk that they went into a toy store with the entrance is a giant uh, Mr. Potato Head. If I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong. Yes, I believe Mr. Potato Head is outside the entrance of that, yes. Yes, Mr. Potato Head standing on a Play-Doh, and on the other side is a uh, Buzz Lightyear. Um, and uh, so he started screaming uh, at children in a toy store uh, and making <sighs> derogatory comments. Again, was he going to... Well, uh, and then, why are they in his toy store? I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, his uh, See, uh, Disney wanted him trespassed. Uh, Stevenson's brother tried to help calm him down, but Stevenson clenched his fist and appeared ready to fight his own brother. So his brother left him alone. It's just fair. That's actually a good decision there. Not really his problem. Uh, Stevenson was – it's funny because it's weird when we read these stories and it's places I've been to a million times, like the Lime Garage, which mm-hmm. is not – which is fairly far away, actually. That had to be a very long, unpleasant walk. Uh, <laughs> it's um, a Lime Garage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Stevenson was escorted – because you have to walk through a few very narrow areas um, to get to That's it. Really and, like, it's not the best thing to do when you're not trying to drag a drunk person behind you. Um, anyway, he's escorted to the Lime Garage where a family member was supposed to pick him up, but um, his family was so pissed that they just refused, and they left him there. Yeah. Um, well, that's fair. Also understandable. Um, yep. So um, he, of course, uh, had to take an Uber, which, like, seriously? Like, the, the cops are like, you're a terrible person, you're drunk, you're belligerent, you're trying to fight people. Call an Uber. Yeah, that that seems unfair to the Uber driver. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. The cops told him to call an Uber? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. As long they, should have ta- they should have taken him to jail for, for public intoxication and then let the family pick him up later. They shouldn't have imposed that on the poor Uber driver. Yeah, because it's only going to lead to – could it even lead to an accident? I mean – Can't they refuse somebody if they're that – Well, he. Uh, well, it, there's more. Like, can I, uh, okay. Your, your questions will be answered. <laughs> okay. uh, law enforcement led him to the pickup area. He recorded the, the Uber pickup area, I'm assuming, so there's more walking. Uh Recorded him on his phone while doing so. He continued to walk and not change direction when small children were walking. So he's basically um, like pushing children out of his way. He would and he was swaying into their paths. Oh um, God, that's crazy. Um, and then he was and he had a trespass warning from Disney, which I guess is a piece of paper. Um, I've never seen one, thankfully. You've seen them. <laughs> Come on. According to my lawyer, I have not. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he was waving the, in their fa- their face like. And he was told by multiple told multiple times by deputies, get out of the way or get stop running into people, whatever. He refused to call the Uber and was still acting aggressively with families and young children. Um, oh, God, there's so much more. Um, let me, I'm, <laughs> uh, eventually, they decided to put him in handcuffs. Uh, he braced his arms so he couldn't get in the handcuffs. Um, and he made comments that he was a nurse before he was taken to the Orange County Jail. Um, and he uh, also many times said, "He better you better hope that I'm not your nurse. Oh. Uh, too, you know, which I that's I believe that's kind of a threat. He it's yeah. very possible that they would end up stripping his nursing license. I was going to say for like for, for the the whole situation, like, yeah, for, or for, his, for, or for, for him behavior. saying, I'll let you die on the table if I ever see you again. But well, I mean, they Implying honestly, that. they could strip his license for his behavior, for his drunken, disorderly conduct and the way that he was acting to all the people. I It's it's the the whole nursing license thing is really 
really uh, tenuous, I guess. I mean, they they're technically he broke the code of conduct for nurses in the state of Florida, and if the nursing board so chose, they could come down on him like a like a nine pound hammer and just and basically take his livelihood away from him, make him not able to work. Wow. The story is, like, just the title of the story. Florida man gets drunk at Disney Springs, warns police they better hope he is never their nurse, then his family abandons him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a pretty good title. Let's just uh, <laughs> say thank you for the, the police officers and the family. Good decision. It's going to be a very awkward next, like, you know, Thanksgiving or whenever they all get together again. <clears throat> yep. They're going to be sitting around quietly. You're just going to hear, like, chewing sounds around the table and, like, the, the forks hitting the plate. And be like, as he's going, where did all the liquor go? Yeah, as he's going. <laughs> so no one's going to, or like, there'll be like his like bratty little sister or something. And be like, so no one's going to talk about what happened? No. Right. <laughs> no one's going to talk about why dry Thanksgiving sucks? <laughs> Nobody? Nobody's going to acknowledge? Okay. Like, so, oh, so grandma, we can't have this? alcohol because this dipshit can't hold it? Exactly. Yeah. Grandma, why didn't you bring your sangria cranberry sauce this year? Sangria. That sounds really good. That's, that's what I make every year. That's my thing. Is it? Oh, yeah. It's really good. Omar's coming up for Thanksgiving. Oh, for sure. Gonna, I'll, I have my girls I'll this make, year, so buckle up. Oh, that's fine. I was going to I was gonna make a – you had to say that. You had to talk about your daughters. I was about to make a sexual comment about you, and then you ruined it by talking about your daughters. So Maybe make, I subconsciously knew it was you coming. You know that won't stop you. Go ahead and make the well, comment. leave your daughters at home, and me, and I will make enough sangria cranberry sauce to fill up a baby pool. And game on. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Just You've saying. got multiple rooms. They can go play in another room while you yeah, and also adult yes. jello wrestling time. <laughs> Sangria cranberry sauce, thank you. Yeah. That too. Okay. Well let's let's do a podcast or something here. Let's uh, yeah, I guess where so. are we at here. Um oh we're just gonna talk we're gonna talk about the Mandalorian. Um we talked about that before. We talked about we the beginning so. of the season and then there was an episode that was really, really fun. So we talked about that briefly because we couldn't not talk about it because we're nerds and it's it's awesome. It had really good space battles and it had Zeb and we had to talk about mm-hmm. it. So uh, season three, what you think? Like the wrap up and where it led and where it's going and all that stuff. Uh, I I mean I'm super excited for the Ahsoka series. I'll I'll admit that I'm I'm really really excited to see the Ahsoka series. The I I liked the finale for the Mandalorian. It was good. It had action. The the story kind of went where I expected it to, and yet for some reason at the end of the episode, I felt unfulfilled. Am I am I the only one here? I I mean, did it seem like it was, it like it was just kind of. Eh, I that... will say, I kind of understand in a way because that is a story that has echoed throughout all of Star Wars. Um through video games, through the animated shows, like the, and the storyline I'm referring to is the, you know, the Mandalore stuff and, mm-hmm. um, the build to who's going to lead the Mandalorians and are they going to get together and all this stuff. And it's, there's a lot of lore there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's novels, there's video games, there's entire four seasons of rebels that have this stuff in it. So I can understand it being like that, um, being, you know, wrapping everything up in a couple episodes, stuff that you, you know, if you, Stuff that you would think would take years to finish, like these some of these battles and the remnant empire stuff, right? But it was very entertaining. It was, and 
I mean, I don't think... get me wrong. I thought the episode was really entertaining. It was just. So is the is the dark saber gone? Like I read somewhere that it got destroyed by by. It uh, did. I didn't. See I don't that. know. I don't know that it's gone. When but... did it get? I, I don't. I saw it get hit, but I didn't. Th- I didn't think it got destroyed. She no. She had it in her hand, and she swung it at him. He grabbed her hand and crushed her hand with the saber in it. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, I did see that. I didn't realize that I was more... And in fact, they had a close-up of the saber all bent and twisted laying on the ground. Okay. Um, so this the he in this is Moff Gideon, who we thought had been captured uh, last season at the... Well, was it? This is hard because of the Boba Fett. I think it was at the end of season two. Who we also still have not seen actually die. Yeah. Um... There's a lot of stuff here that is leading me to believe that it's the precursors to the First Order from the, the later Star Wars movies, like the, the cloning tanks, talking about trying to make clones that have that are Force-sensitive. Um, some of the, the Dark Troopers and some of the armor styles, if you notice, the armor styles are starting to evolve a little bit mm-hmm. towards, the, towards the First Order style. I, I think they're leaning into, and I would love for them to do a trilogy a movie trilogy on Heir to the Empire, because I think they're leading up to that. They haven't gotten there yet, but that's where they're headed, and I think the first season of Ahsoka might actually take us up to that. That would make me happy. That would make me extremely happy. I love Thrawn. Thrawn is a great character, and he's one of the central characters in the Heir to the Empire trilogy. I think one of the problems with some of the Star Wars, like newer Star Wars movies, is they everything tried to be big and bigger than what would happen before. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's first we had the Death Star that blows up the planet in the you know, the New Hope, and then we've got another Death Star that's bigger, better, badder, scarier. But then, of course, we got to the First Order; it was blowing up like entire star systems. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of a mistake because the Heir to the Empire stuff is a much smaller story, but because it's using like tactical the tactical brains and um, the fear. Like I, I'm trying to remember because I read it so long ago. Yeah, like there's. There are little things in there that you would, I guess, call them. Uh, oh shoot, what's the movie term for like a, a MacGuffin, like little MacGuffins in the right. book? Do you remember like the but, little the little creatures more, that? But blocked? it's more about it's more about preventing him from consolidating his power as opposed to stopping him once he's reached full power. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's so different. And mm-hmm. yes, the people who read the books would be like. Whatever and like and they even did a way like you could tell the guy that wrote it knew what he was doing and he was a he's a it was Timothy Zahn who's like a major sci-fi writer beyond mm-hmm. Star Wars. He took away some of these like ultra crazy powers that made the Jedi like virtually unstoppable. Um, with those little creatures, the Il Salamari or something, mm-hmm. if that like stopped the Force from working, so it made this person who was just a man, just very smart. Uh have way more power because no one could get to them and it was right. that they kind of create stuff. a force dead zone for like mm-hmm. a what is it like a five meter radius around them or three yeah meter so radius. he like he ba- and they're like they like live on this like cage that he wears on his back so like <clears throat> he they can't read his mind they can't you know do like pull a ship on top of them or you know whatever just well anything. no that, that, well see that's one of the things that i never really understood is that, is that they could still throw shit at him because it just stops the force. It doesn't stop the uh, the but projectile. It, well, in the ship, he has so many of them that the whole ship was like right. The dead zone. Like they they were like a hive mind almost. It seemed mm-hmm. like the more of them, the 
it would it would expand the range. But either way, it was I thought that was really good. Um, we also saw a Groku get a vehicle, like another vehicle, for a little while at least. The um, yes. called yes. IG twelve. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Yes. I thought that was really cute. It was definitely fan service. Um, it really was. So IG eleven was of course the robot that they're the uh, assassin droid that died in the first uh, series, the first uh, season. Came we back. Got a Grogu battle. Yeah, he came back and uh, you know Grogu uh, was driving IG eleven, uh, which became IG twelve around with from his chest, uh, but he did get destroyed again. So that was the thing. What was the Grogu battle? Oh, when he was well, there was the him stopping the fire and then. Right. Well, he also fought the three Praetorian guards by himself for a little bit. Uh, yeah, he did. He did. Good job, Grogu. Um, what else? Mandalorians are kind of teaming up the two different like cults. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was pretty good. That was the thing that might have been a little flat because you would think it would take longer. Mm-hmm. Well, um, no, I think it was just the way that it ended with um, <coughs> excuse me, with Din Djarin and and Din Grogu, um, on their little farm or whatever, getting ready to do some apprentice missions. Yeah, yeah. So the, the at the very end, yeah, he does get a farm uh, near whatever settlement that is that uh, Grief Karga has created, and he, uh, yeah, and they've decided that they're going to go and hunt um, Empire Remnants, which is a story I want to see. I, I am excited about that. See some like weird ass Imperial stuff. Yeah, um, from his little farm on Navarro. I do uh, wonder about that giant exploding cruiser and how little damage it appeared to do, despite the fact that it crashed into a ravine full of, like, Imperial base stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we didn't actually see Moff Gideon die. Yeah, it was just a fire, and he happened to be wearing a Besker suit, so. The Beskar I think did... he was actually wearing a Beskar exoskeleton, because it gave him, it, he, it made him stronger, as opposed to just being a suit around him. Yeah. So, there's got to be something with fire and Besker, though, because like most of the stuff they just were just glancing blows, like blaster shots. But as soon as those flamethrowers came out, there was definitely like reaction and. Well, weakening. I mean, it's it's still metal, so it'll still heat up and cook the people inside. That's how I like to cook my Imperials. That's right. Put them in a Besker suit and roast them slowly. Do it. Uh, what? With a good brine, I think you can roast an Imperial in Beskar suit for, I don't know, maybe about seven hours, about 350. That's too high, about 250. <laughs> 250. 250 and make it 10. 10 hours. Yeah, I think that'll work. Nice, so, nice slow cook. Yeah. That was the Give Me Five podcast uh, recipe hour. Uh, let us know how it comes out. It pairs well with the Pinot Grigio. Um, <laughs> so it, it's we, the white we, meat. We, you already kind of said what's next, which I had put in the question, so we don't really have to go there. Um, but I guess Ahsoka is next, and I'm ex- definitely excited about that. Be very, very interesting to see. I'm very interested to see what the normal person's reaction, the person that's not a Star Wars nerd, reaction to Thrawn. Are they going to be like, "This is the best thing ever"? And I'm not mad about it, but like exactly the reaction when uh, Master of Puppets was played in Stranger Things, and people were like, "Are like, what is this song? This is the best thing I've ever heard." Meanwhile, I've been, yeah, us. Cool people have been headbanging to it since what 1986 or so. Uh, I believe Master came out. Master Puppets, yeah, 86, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So 
though. And then 89. That was. Yeah. 82, 84, 86. And Justice. Justice. And then 89 was. I have to cut you off because we're going to talk about Metallica momentarily. But anything else about The Mandalorian? I'm also looking forward to the Bo-Katan show, but I think I'm looking forward more to Ahsoka. Yeah. I like I like Bo-Katan. I like the creativity of all the uh, Mandalorians as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, well, since I mentioned it and we just talked about Metallica, I'm going to briefly talk about the new Metallica album, 72 Seasons. Um, it's not often that we talk about albums on this show, uh, partially because it's really hard to do. Like... Because we can't play their music, and it'd be like, "Yeah, there's a really cool drum part that sounded like like can't do it." It sounded how like does, this. Dum, that dum, sound dum, 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 dum. Yeah, that. Yeah. So this album came out on April 14th, and I got a chance. Well, it wasn't like it was I got invited or something. It was just a thing that they did in town, a listening party at our awesome local CD store, record store, and. They you know, got to go and hang out and listen to the album, um, uh, I guess, an hour before it came out. And at midnight, you were able to purchase it. And, of course, they did all sorts of fun things there. But uh album's called 72 Seasons. It is um, f- just on – I've listened to it a lot. Uh, it is a amalgamation. That's a good word there. I like that word. Uh, of, Ki- of Kill Em All, their very first album, which was you know very, very thrashy, very punk-y. But it also has a combination of that and then their most commercially successful album, the Black Album, or Metallica, Metallica, the one with the Inner Sandman on it, for those of you at home, uh, and Nothing Else Matters and all that. Um, that one was known for, like, big-time Metallica fans were pissed at that album. Um, so this one almost took the same, like, production value of that album, but applied it to Kill em All. That's interesting. And it's it's very good. Um I loved that there was a huge push for this. I loved that when I went to the store, they had uh, crime tape everywhere with like the al- the album covers yellow, um, so they had like crime tape with the yellow and the logo and stuff all around the store. Yeah, you know, they gave away uh, slip mats for like record players and all this. Like it was just a huge release. They took over Jimmy Kimmel for a week. They released four songs, like which is unheard of these days, like four like videos and stuff before the thing came out. And they basically said. Uh, you know, this is an album that we are extremely proud of, and we made an album that we love listening to, and we hope you guys will come along for the ride. You know, they're a band that doesn't need money. <laughs> they like it. But I think that they're – this is – it's a really ferocious album. I like it. Um, what else? Uh, they're also doing a huge, like, ambitious tour where they're – you know, every city they go to, they're playing two nights and playing completely different sets each night, which is going to be cool. Um, I will be going in Detroit. Thank you, listener. Nice. Um, and uh, I will say uh, it. There's nothing I really hate about it because we. I what you guys don't see out there is we have like a thing we like and thing we hated. Uh, there's nothing I hated about this. It's exhausting. Like I cannot listen to it straight through because there's there's no chance. There's no nothing else matters. There's no unforgiven or anything that's like. Okay, let's take a breath. It's all like. It's a John Wick movie, but like an album. <laughs> like, you know, it starts heavy wow. and it just stays that way for the whole thing. And then you're like, okay. Uh, and I noticed that during the listening party too, because I was like standing in line waiting to like buy it. And 
like I was like tapping to it. And I'm like, man, this is kind of exhausting. Uh, so that was interesting. It does a lot of the Metallica tricks. Uh, you know, like I'll, a few out there thing out there that I noticed, like when they'll have like a, a guitar riff, it'll happen. And then the guitar riff happens again. And then the second guitar swoops in and kind of matches the guitar riff. Uh, they Metallica does that a lot because they have um, two, well, one great guitarist and one guy that also is really good at guitar. Um, <laughs> I don't believe I had to say that about James Hetfield. He is not a main guitarist; he's their singer, but he's very good. Um, but he does; he's a killer guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so they do that, and then the the one thing that like I started noticing is that Metallica has a very bad habit of like one word lyrics that just rhyme. Like, uh, like I'm trying, man, I'm blanking on him. Like, uh, compromise. Uh, what is that song? See your mother put to death. See your mother die. That's off of, uh, justice. Yeah. Like, well, it'll just, it'll be like, you know, masturbation, violation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Compromise. Like, it's just like one word. And like, they do that a lot on this album where they'll like say something. It'll be like a, like the definition of the word and then they'll say the word or like a thing. So like when you start noticing it, then it's a little bit awkward because it's like, Oh, they're doing that thing again. But it's a, it's a, it's a good album. The the thing about them is they, they have their signature. They have like this, they have the, one of the things that I like about them so much. And for a long time, actually earlier in my earlier years, when I was listening to heavy music all the time, um, they were my favorite. Metallica is my favorite of the heavy bands, um, you know, metal or whatever you want to call it. Um, they have their things. There's certain things that that distinguish them, like you were saying, like with the rhyming or like Lars Lars Ulrich will do certain things drum wise. Like he'll have a very very simple beat, a four four, but then he'll he'll do these really cool fills that are a little bit off sometimes or whatever, but they're, they're, they're good. Like, you know, um, they, one of the, so one of the things they do, like, uh, you know, like when someone, I think it's a New York thing or a Brooklyn thing where someone will be like, will kind of like change the order of the words in a weird way. Like, like, what do you do an idiot? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a way of like some New Yorkers interesting. talk. And like, I know so exactly like, what you mean. Um, it's a lot of like Italian families will do it where they're like, what's he doing over there? Whatever. I, I can't get it right now. But um, so like, for example, like in this song, it's like shoot back, erratic, new mask, chaotic, shoot back, fanatic, slip back, narcotic. Like it's a phrase and then like a word. And when you when they do it in like three or four songs back, back to back, then you're like, OK, change up the pattern a little bit. But, well, maybe, you know, I mean, that's maybe James. He does well like that. And their last couple of records weren't great, personally. So who they, maybe they're just going back to, huh? Like one of the one of the verses is violence inheritance. It's like okay, well, I, that's it, interesting. It is, but it's some sometimes it makes me be like, well, do you just were you like reading at the source? Right. And okay. I'm saying this is someone that likes it. But. Right. 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 I totally, totally understand where you're coming from on that. Like, I get that. Um. I don't know. They have their things. They're like tricks. And I don't mean that in a negative way necessarily. Uh, one thing that I like about them is that every album sounds different. 
but it still has the Metallica signature things, but they sound different from each other. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. We're going to have to wake up Rob. I think it's a, <laughs> no, I think here. it's part production and songwriting. Like it's a lot of things, but mm-hmm. they don't all sound. They're all Metallica, but they all have a different thing going on. I, I, I would say, actually, I would argue Pearl Jam's the same way. Um, you know, obviously a different genre of rock, but same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on the journey with Metallica. Um, there's nothing I've, there's only one album I've absolutely hated. Which one? Uh, St. Anger. Okay. Yeah, that's um, fair. And I've tried. I've really tried. Uh, I don't think Death, Ma- Death Magnetic was like, I don't know. Had- I don't know. To me, to me, Metallica... I'm going to say something excessively unpopular right now. They jumped off the cliff with, with the black album. Like when I first heard, when I heard enter Sandman, I was so excited for a new metallic album, right? It's 1991. You know, we're about to be in high school. (laughs) There's all these great records coming out, new Metallica. And then I hear exit light enter night or whatever. And I was like, what garage band wrote this? Like the band I was in was better than that. Like it was just not shots. I was surprised. I was surprised. I know that I'm like, I know I'm going to be very unpopular by saying this, but the black album was like a complete disappointment to somebody. You know something about disappointments. Oh, whoops. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I've been into Metallica for five or six years at that point. Like since kind of master puppets, justice for all era. And it's just so different, but but again, that's Metallica changing, and that's a good thing. Like, there are some great songs on that record. Yeah, but it's not as my friend. Holist- but, okay, we do have to move on. Yes, let's because do that. we got a lot of stuff. Yep, uh, and I, 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 yeah, I know. I really do want another another like music episode at some point. We got to get Rob to like be busy though. <laughs> okay, so let's let someone who's not me talk. Uh. Rob, do you have anything good? Should I jump into Mrs. Davis? What do you have? Well, I mean, I don't know that you would consider Chupa good, but... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I mean, I can I can discuss it. Um, Chupa is a Netflix movie that was released on April 7th of this year. It is directed by Jonas Quaron. Uh, stars uh, Demian Bashir, uh, Christian Slater. Evan Witten, Ashley Ciara, and Nicholas Verdugo. Uh, synopsis is basically, while visiting, a, while visiting family in Mexico, teenage Alex gains an unlikely companion when he discovers a young chupacabra hiding in his grandpa's shed. To save the mythical creature, Alex and his cousins must embark on the adventure of a lifetime. So, I was hoping for a family film with the heart of E.T. and a story to hold my interest. What I got was weak dialogue, mediocre acting, a cute chupacabra. Is that even supposed to be a thing? And E.T. minus the heart and Christian Slater. Um, (laughs) You've got Heathers with a monster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean... Wow. And and the monster wasn't <laughs> even the monster. The monster was Christian Slater. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, so I mean the the chupacabra the He knows what he did. The, exactly. The chupacabra had this um 
had this like really cute. I, I, he was he was like a cross between, um, like a a little baby mountain lion with um like gigantic Archaeopteryx wings. The the dinosaur, um, and he had a and he had a tail and like cute little paws that I guess could grab shit. Um, it, it was and and then he had like these gigantic teeth. And I mean the chupacabra. Everything that I've seen is it's not it's not a cute monster. Um, so there's that. Uh, but Christian Slater was like this researcher or whatever who had been chasing the chupacabra his entire life, and he needed some proof that it existed. So he did anything that he could to capture this little baby chupacabra and take <laughs> it back so it could be examined and torn apart and dissected. And, you know, he spent his, he spent like most, or like part of the movie just kind of like, uh, breaking and entering on this guy's farm and going into places <laughs> and shooting things. And it's like, what in the fuck are you doing, dude? And, and he's in Mexico. Um, the, I, I, all, all I, of that stuff is legal in there. I, I really think that's a bad <laughs> idea, a bad idea for an American citizen to be doing in, in Mexico. Um, the kid had this weird obsession with his Game Boy. Yeah, you you heard that right. A it was Boy. a fucking Game Boy. Interesting. And I didn't really get that the movie was set in the 80s and 90s, other than there was a Game Boy and a Walkman. And they had cassette tapes. But whatever. That that was that was the only indication I had that they were that that it might have been set in the 80s and 90s. Now why would it be set in the 80s and 90s? Because of the Game Boy and the Walkman, but but does it help the story in any way? No, other it's than just the fact that it, I, 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 it was yeah. You don't um, get it either. Got it. <laughs> yeah, but they had okay. cell phones. Wait. So uh, okay, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, oh. I don't know. Um, and you know he, <laughs> the kid like like. Um, withdrew into his Game Boy anytime they talked about something uncomfortable, you know. So his dad had died. Um, his dad was Mexican. Um, and you know he was he was a former luchador. Um, which apparently is a big thing in Mexico because that's not stereotyping at all. Um, <laughs> he uh, and he didn't want to talk about his dad. I don't know how his dad died. I I didn't even care. I I don't know if they. <laughs> told us how he found out um or how he died um grandpa was a luchador dad was a luchador the family was a luchador da uh, grandpa ran around at times wearing his little luchador outfit and i'm like oh my fucking god grandpa teaches the kid how to be a luchador um the kid the kids had like typical weird uh response you know like anytime you have a movie like this the the, the people in it do stuff that doesn't make any fucking sense at all um like when Christian Slater comes in to steal the chupacabra and all three kids find out <laughs> that he's there to take the chupacabra away. And the, and the chupa who at this point is their friend, chupa is their friend at this point. They run in and he's holding a, um, a tranquilizer gun at, ch at chupa and chupa's growling and snarling and all this shit. And they're like, no, leave him alone, leave him alone. And all of them just come in and stand behind Christian Slater while he's shooting this thing. Like, uh, no, stop it. No, don't do that. No. And then he shoots him. And Chupa, like, passes out. 
and then Christian Slater picks up Chupa and 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 walks out of the room and the kids just sit there broken <laughs> I'm like what is going on <laughs> what why is nobody doing anything? I don't get it. And then they don't get up and run after him until he's in the car driving away. I'm like, what the hell, man? It was, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. It, it the, the movie wasn't great. It, I mean, if you're looking for something to watch with your kids, I if they're young kids, maybe they won't notice that it's not great. But I think anyone Ethan's age would be like, the hell is this, Dad? This is, this is butt. This is I, terrible. I read a little bit of your, your notes, and we were thinking of something to watch. And because I read your notes, I decided to not watch that last night. And instead, I ended up watching a very recent release of a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers thing. Uh-huh. And I think I hate you a little now. <laughs> I'm not sure who I hate. I hate you. I hate the cute chupacabra. You hate all of it. <laughs> I hate whoever invented the television. It's morphin time. I hate all of Japan. I think now That's that. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, uh, uh, science fiction. Like and yeah. Okay. Although I actually did feel feelings during the Money Morphin Power Rangers because it was a callback to the original cast and two of them. Yeah, are it's, dead. it's called nausea. Well, yeah, but two of them are dead, so they nice. actually did. They like played an old clip of them young, like as like, oh, like the Yellow Ranger and the White Ranger, uh, Yellow Ranger and the Green Ranger, who became the White Ranger. Did he? I didn't know that. Well, I, either way, but yeah, they they showed them like sitting around playing an acoustic guitar, like when they were kids, and mm -hmm. the camera like lingered on the two that were not alive anymore. I was like, oh, okay, why do you see. know that the Yellow Ranger's dead? The Green one just died. Well, the yeah. Yellow Ranger was big news. She died while they were still filming. She died in a car accident while they were still filming. I did not know that at all. Uh, until I, I read it uh, last <laughs> night on the Wikipedia. Okay. At least I think they were still filming. It was it, it was relatively... It, it, was, uh, it, it was like during the first three years of the show. So it, Yeah, it was relatively new, um, or it was <laughs> it was relatively close to when they were actually filming. I, I, I want to say that they had to replace her. That's a bummer. That's yeah. Sad. Ooh, sadness. Yeah. So uh, now I think it's time for you. Uh, Me? Yes, you. To do what? Couldn't be. Then who? Uh, you have to do your thing. Your 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 Miss Davis. What? Oh my god. <laughs> okay. No, seriously. We really, I'm, we I'm really need Sorry. a better application process Sorry. for, for oh hosts. My God. How is that how was that application for the monkey coming? <laughs> well, um, uh, to be honest, it came back smeared in feces and was still uh, more legible than the one that Omar sent in. I, I say we accept that one. That is absolutely <laughs> fair. I'm not gonna uh, once we get our shots, we're good. Uh let's see. I watched Mrs. Mrs. Davis. Is that the nun thing? Yes. Okay. Okay. So the story behind wait, that wait. is I'm kind of... Wait, if she's a nun, how is she Mrs.? Oh, no, she's not. Okay. Never mind. She's Ms. Mrs. Good point. The, Mrs. Davis is not her. Oh. That's not who Mrs. Davis is. And it's not Mrs. Davis. It's Ms. Davis. Well, but it's MRS. Right. That's Ms. No, Ms. is MS. 
MRS is Mrs. When You're Married. I thought Mrs. was... Ms. Ms. is MS, Miss is M-I-S-S, and mm-hmm. Mrs. is MRS. Yeah. Oh. Well, but that's fair. Me, I'm wrong. No, it's cool. <laughs> Ain't no thing. No big deal. This is the least Trust me, the only ever, reason right? we know that is because we're teachers. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so, Sister Simone, yeah, sister as in like nun, partners with her ex-boyfriend, Willie. I don't know how she's a nun and hasn't, I haven't gotten that far yet. On a globe-spanning journey to destroy Mrs. Davis. Mrs. Davis is a powerful artificial intelligence. So Mrs. Davis is an AI. Uh, what? That, yes. (laughs) Very, very strange show. It's a very weird premise. Um, It's a nun who hates Mrs. Davis. And I'm not giving anything away because it's in the first episode, you find out that the nun holds Mrs. Davis responsible for her father dying. So nuns aren't supposed to hate. Well, I guess since it's not actually a person, it's okay. Well, right. That's a good way to put it. Um, the father is played very occasionally in the show by David Arquette. Um, Mrs. Davis is played by Betty Gilpin. We also have Jake McDormand, Andy McQueen, Chris Diamantopoulos, Eli Henry, Tom Vlachesha. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Who I recognize from Game of Thrones. Um, Katya Herbers, Elizabeth Marvel. There's a lot more, but, you know, I don't want to go down that road for too long. Um, it is a really good show. It's very odd. It's it's a little bit quirky. It's it's kind of um, indescribable. There's a there's a good article online by the Ringer.com talking about it, and it, the the headline is Mrs. Davis is unlike anything else on television, and it's true. It's um, Damon Lindelof is one of the main producers, and he did Lost and Watchmen and The Leftovers, um, and. He teams up with what's her name? Um, one of the producers of the uh, Big Bang Project, the Big Bang Theory, and the one uh, the the what's the spinoff where he's a kid, Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon, yeah. So those two producers kind of get to, got together to like make the show, but it's it's very interesting. There's some funny stuff. There's some serious stuff. It's an odd premise. Um, it's kind of like, so, okay. Now, and again, not giving anything away. This is just first episode stuff. Mrs. Davis is looking for the nun and the nun like refuses to talk to her. And finally, toward the end of the episode, they, they dialogue and that's a whole thing. Um, and Mrs. Davis says, I, I, I need you to do a task for me. I can do pretty much anything other than anything supernatural. Um, you name it. If you complete this task for me, I'll do it. And the nun says, if I do it, she didn't know what the task was yet. She goes, if I do it, I want you to delete yourself. Like kill yourself, basically. And the, the computer says, okay, I'll take that deal. And the, the nun's task, though, she has to find 
the Holy Grail and destroy it. Mm. She didn't know that until then. That's that's ep- first episode, so I'm not really like giving. That's a kind of a spoiler for the episode, but it's not for the show. Um, it's really good. It's really well done. Um, the nun, who is played by, um, what's her name? I, she's not somebody. Betty Gilpin. Um, she's she does a great job. She's funny sometimes. She's angry sometimes. She can kind of kick ass. Her one of her jobs, one of her, um, her something she likes to do in her pastime, a hobby of hers, is literally to expose um, like fake magicians, like like charlatans. Like that's one of the things that she does, which you see very very early on. Um, it's a great show. <laughs> it's really good. Like it's so Betty fun. Was, was wasn't she in like she was in Glow, right? She was like. The mm. all-American wrestler girl? Oh, she might have been. Yes. Actually, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I just yeah. it up. She is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's great in this. And as a nun with, like, her thing on whatever, like, she's pretty Habit. cute. Like, it works. Cover your ears, Kimmy. But she, <laughs> she's... Mm. She, with she, you know, like, it's good. It's a kick-ass character, and she's a total badass. Like, she's not... She's a nun, but she can. she knows how to kick ass. So what is this on? This is on Peacock. I am, uh, first of all, very upset with the both of you that none of you have done any sort of nun puns. Uh, there's got to be some. Like, I thought we'll you were close with that. the habit. Thank you. We'll- Thank you. <laughs> we got to get in that habit of doing this. Oh, come on, man. Oh. <sighs> I, I can't. I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Married to God. You know what I mean? Wait, no, that's not. <laughs> sorry. You in the knuckles with a ruler? <laughs> Please, that's I usually pay for that. So, yeah, no, very, very cool. I definitely, definitely recommend it. It's very quirky. I don't want to give anything away because each episode is like when I first started watching it. I was like, "Where's it going to go from here?" But it there's 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 actually quite a bit of twisting and turning. Um. I love it. Right now, there's only four episodes out out of eight. Um, and you can see them on Peacock. The next one will come out on the 27th. I think you've sold it to me. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to check it out. If the first episode doesn't get you, I, I, I get it. But but it should. Yeah. It should. It, I mean, should. I, it should because I know you, you guys have – if I know your sense of humor, I think there's a chance you guys will like this. Um, I, I even only came upon it kind of by accident and, and then the first time I saw it, I was like, mm. and then it sort of popped up again and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. And I was hooked like kind of almost immediately. Did you guys see that show? Good Omens on Amazon. I never actually sat down and watched it. I, uh, I know of I the did. show. Loved it and read the book. One the books, them. the book is fantastic. The first, I've read the first one. Um, the sh- the movie is, the show is good. This a little bit reminds me of that a little bit. Um, just to kind of give you a little bit of a vibe. Wow. What do you call a sleepwalking nun? What? A Roman Catholic. Wow. What do you call okay. a naked nun? What? Out of habit. 
Ah, I like that one. What's black, white, and red all over? <laughs> and none in a blender. <laughs> and none with a spear through her head. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a, I actually have one worse. But I'm not sure if I can say it. and Maybe I can. Is this the one about the and revolving door? And still not go to hell. <laughs> no, I'm definitely going to hell. I'm just, yeah. I'm just hope. I'm just hoping that I bring enough of you with me so that I have someone to hang out with. Um, what do you call a nun in a wheelchair? Uh, mm. I don't know. Virgin Mobile. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, not my joke. <laughs> not not uh-huh, my joke. Uh-huh, don't uh-huh. don't, so don't shoot the uh, messenger or fire the messenger. Maybe. Oh my god, that's really good. That made me happy. I actually uh, know a nun, and she would actually totally have appreciated that. Really? Well, she's an ex-nun. You have the most eclectic <laughs> you, you know, I'm collection. Not gonna, I won't say names, but you you know it's the mom of a friend of mine that you both know. Okay. She adopted, and thus oh. is no longer a nun as a result. Interesting. She, she also has won the best laugh of all time, and she also tells equally as dirty jokes. And you, and when I was a kid, well, it's, it was just awesome. So, yay, none. Okay. Uh, I think we're uh, the only thing I think the only person I can think of like that is your mom. But <laughs> my mom was not a nun. No, I don't think she was. Um, she liked uh, I don't know Janis Joplin too much for that. I guess nice. Actually, uh, she liked. You know, I don't know. Curtis Mayfield in the impressions more than Janis Joplin. Uh, the Commodores. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think we're we're d- down to Studio 666, correct? Nice. Let's do it. Studio 666 is a horror movie made by the Foo Fighters during the pandemic. They had moved into a house. They moved into a house. I don't know exactly the story, but... Um, they filmed it in secret during the pandemic because they were all living together anyway while recording an album, and they kind of came up with this idea and just like decided to do it. They're the nicest people in rock, so they they got a lot of people to join on with them. Uh, it came out February twenty fifth of two thousand twenty two. It came out you know well over a year ago. Uh, I could not watch it because their drummer died, and I am a big fan of the band, and I just had it was going to be a fun horror movie. I wanted it to be a fun horror movie, like over the top. And I didn't want to have that very raw emotion when it's a horror movie. So it's a very good chance that the guy was going to die in, on screen. And I was really, really worried to watch it. So I just kind of put it out of my head. Uh, I did watch this. I did. Um, this is weird. So it is streaming. But if you try to like get it through streaming, it's 19 bucks, um, Or like six ninety nine to rent it or something. So I just bought it on Amazon and got the the digital copy. It was like nine bucks, so it was cheaper to buy the full Blu-ray and get the digital copy than it is rent the, or just buy the digital copy. So always check that because it's nice to have a, a hard copy. Interesting. Okay. Um. So anyway, it uh, directed by B.J. McConnell, starring Dave Grohl as Dave Grohl, Nate Mandel Mandel as Nate Mandel, Pat Smear as Pat Smear. Taylor Hawkins played Taylor Hawkins and Rami Jaffe as Rami Jaffe and Chris Shiflett as Chris Shiflett. Uh, it also has Whitney Cummings in it, Jeff Garland, Leslie Grossman. Do you know Leslie Grossman? What does that sound familiar? The name sounds familiar. She is in, she's in a lot of the seasons um, of American Horror Story. She's like the one that always plays like a bitchy agent or like someone that is like, oh no, all this house has to be changed. Like she always plays that character. 
you know her as soon as you see her. Um, Jenna Ortega is in it as well. That's Wednesday, of course. Um, Will Forte, I'm just kind of going through names that you might know. Oh, he's uh, awesome. Lionel Richie, John Carpenter is in it as well. Jimmy Simpson is in it. Um, so, yes, John Carpenter. And John Carpenter actually does the theme, and it sounds like a Halloween-style theme. So oh, nice. The story, uh, legendary rock band Foo Fighters move into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. So it's... <laughs> Basically, the they're having a hard time coming up with an album. The record company is annoyed with them, so everything is really over the top in a good way. It's like funny, so like yeah, they're they're the the Foo Fighters really are one of the most down, down to earth bands, and they have like Dave Grohl being this like total prima donna the whole time. It's it, it's really funny, and they have a their um, roadie is actually Carrie King from Slayer. Really, and every time like Dave will be like, yeah, okay. So what's gonna happen is, can you put the drums over here and? Kerry King, like, every, they'll, like, cut to him and under his back. He's like, yeah, you son of a fucking bitch. I'm going to sh- put them on to shove this fucking drum set up your ass. Like, That's so funny. And then it'll be like, what'd you say? It's like, oh, I'll be right there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Kerry King, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just little stuff like that. But it's, and I'm looking at him like, this dude is like, if this guy is not the dude from Slayer, he is, he would, should play him in a movie. Um, so, anyway, so he's in there, uh, and he, uh, or, and, they basically go to this house to record this album. The they're the people from their the record company kind of like side eye each other when they're like, "Well, maybe this house." And the reason why is because the um, there was a metal band in I think the eighties, not real obviously, that tried to record at this house, and the lead singer went nuts and killed everybody. Was it Citizen Dick? Yes, it was Citizen Dick. No, no, I'm just no kidding. Citizen Dick. <laughs> a singles reference to you out yes. there. There you go. Sorry. Um, uh, in fact, uh, Jenna Ortega, Wednesday, uh, who wasn't yet Wednesday when this movie came out, uh, she actually has the uh, Drew Barrymore scream situation in this. She's the she's the one that gets uh, you know off off like very like the very beginning like you have no idea what's going on. She just like crawls in uh, the and gets like stabbed the um, or no uh, smashed in the face with a hammer. Actually, uh, the oh. kills are very violent. Um, Probably because of the fact that they recorded this kind of or filmed this on their own, definitely left a lot to CG instead of like practical effects. Uh, there is a great practical effect though, so I will say the movie's funny. I enjoyed it. The kills are pretty interesting. Um, the storyline is basically Dave is trying to make this ultimate song. The song will open up a gate to hell because he's been possessed by a demon, and as and like nothing is good enough for him. So as the people finish their parts of the song, he's killing them to like further the 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 spell that's basic what it's about um and they uh one uh there, there's some very interesting kills uh but the funniest part of the whole movie is rami jaffe who's the the foo fighters uh keyboardist did you know him uh omar of him uh personally it sounds familiar you know but i don't so he he was i guess he's one of the newer members of the band um, you know, he's one of those that, like when the band gets big enough where they decide to add the keyboard player, or the percussionist, like he came in, but he used to be with the, uh, wallflowers. He was like one of the founding members of the wallflowers. Oh, cool. Okay. But because this is like, you know, they could do whatever they want with their personalities. Cause a lot of people don't know their actual personalities. They have him being this like complete sex fiend, like one, but like kind of like one of the like artsy, uh, spiritual ones where he's always walking around in like a, like bikini briefs and like. Whenever the uh, girl that lives next door is uh, – that's Whitney Cummings. Uh, she, like, is talking, and he's he's up on, like, a balcony, and he's like, oh. And he, like, rushes down, like, hi, how may I help you? And 
it's just like he's like this this sex fiend like throughout the movie it's, it's just really funny and he ends up getting this like he his kill is he's finally having sex with the girl next door and dave Grohl's under the bed with a chainsaw but they're listening <laughs> to the jackal song lumberjack which has a chainsaw right, right. so, so when you the can't hear it <laughs> so you can't hear it and she and and he's like oh this gets me going or she's like this gets me going one of them do and right then of course the chainsaw comes through the bed through her and they like basically cut them in half and then they do the thing where you see the face and then it splits apart and that's a practical effect. It's really good. Funny. It's funny. Um, like, yeah, I mean, it's got fun gore. It's got uh, the, Taylor Hawkins. Uh, his death is actually comical, which is weird to say, considering his real death was completely awful and terrible, and right. I'm still mourning him. Right. Um, he finishes his drum part. Dave's like, great, and then throws a Zilda Jean symbol and pins him to a wall by his throat with it. <laughs> Basically cuts his head off with it, which I, I don't know if they, you can actually wow. do that, but we're going to try that later, Omar. Um, okay. And you just stand Wait, against. What? what I just agree to? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, there's also two. There's uh, two mentions. Whenever they de- finally decide to do something as a band, Dave Grohl says Pearl Jam High Five, and they uh, reenact the cover of the Ten album by all of the band, <laughs> all of the band members high fiving at once. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good! And what's... I saw that by the way the other day. I was watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they do that. Oh really? That's funny. Yeah, I don't know if it was on purpose, but it was very much that. And apparently, was... in her, in an interview, they asked him like, "Why would? Why are they making fun of Pearl Jam and Taylor Hawkins?" Was like, "Well, Pearl Jam, we're really good friends with them." And it's like, "Oh, did they know you did it?" And they're like, "Well, not yet, but they will." <laughs> That's really funny. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, and uh, whenever uh, Dave Grohl gets really, really good at guitar because he's being possessed by Satan, uh, they show him like riffing, and like all of the other band members are like, "What the hell?" Because Obviously, a drummer first, then a singer, and then a guitar player. Uh, it's actually Steve Vai. That's they needed Steve Vai to come in and do the parts. Oh, that's so funny! Yeah, uh, the music really for it. Good. The music is really good. It's much heavier. It's amazing how good Foo Fighters are that they can make a thrash album that's better than I would say ninety percent of all other thrash albums. Um, <laughs> but it's worth watching. It's funny. It's a, it'll be a good horror movie. Um, it's going to be on my watch during October thing, Rob. Even though you're not a big music person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't get too caught up in the music stuff. It's not like there's long musical periods. Like, the, it's maybe a minute of music and then murder. So, um, murder's good. Yeah. So it it might actually be a good one to to watch on our patio uh, movie extravaganza. Ooh, I think that might be good. Oh, so that is Studio Six Six Six. Buy it or watch it or rent it or do something with it. Is that it? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. It, it, it's, it's too sad for it to be over. Well, we got we, we do have a top five. You as the host. <sighs> you're, you with the, your name at the top of the page there. Um, you get to introduce the top five. Which Oh, wait, you don't know what the top five is. We really got to get better um, at the communicating situation. Because I didn't write it down. The uh, top five. It's the one about... Um, wasn't a top five favorite pudding flavors? Yes, pizza toppings. That's pizza yeah, that's toppings. It. Yeah, meat and then more meat, and then <laughs> more meat, and then put with pepperoni. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that Rob doesn't have this like weird anger about me right now because I accidentally bought uh, vegan beef jerky today. Ugh. I was like, oh, that flavor looks good, and then I got home and I realized it was made out of mung beans. And you realized it was terrible. 
It actually it wasn't terrible. It was just it tasted Shut a little your whore mouth. It tasted a little weird, and I was concerned that if it was beef, that I was going to die. Um, but it wasn't extremely bad. It was. It was. If I was a vegan, it's the only vegan thing I would eat. Let's put it that way. Okay, so I, our question is, since we are going a little long, our question is uh, clever song lyrics. Now, this is a question that is not entirely related to the episode, although we did talk about music more than usual today. But it is something I, I kind of saw it on Reddit. I'm like, oh, clever song lyrics. But it doesn't necessarily need to be like groundbreaking the best song lyrics ever. There's like wordplay or things where maybe the music interacts with the lyrics or it can be any of that kind of stuff. Um, but also... Uh, you people out there listening, uh, you you don't like if if we're wrong, you can write us an email and yell at us. So we're going clever song lyrics. Is that a good way to put that? Yeah, I I think that's good. I cheated. I did. I just used clever uh, uh, wordplay. Well, or or uh, yeah, <laughs> this one was hard for me. Shut up. You know, I I think this one is broad enough. And, and I mean that in a really good way to where there's, there's not like you can do a lot with it. Yeah. I, I am going to let Alec go last because his is going to be good. I know this. Um, I know. Cause he took so some, good. I know he took some time. I didn't look at it or read it or listen to it yet, but we're going to let him go last because then he can wipe clean all of our tomfoolery. Uh, do you have yeah. an answer here, Omar? You can start it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that works for me. Um, and I kind of went like Rob did with just kind of clever wordplay, or I, I guess maybe I went a little bit into things that I really um, enjoyed. I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to do this one as my number one. Uh, let's see. So Dylan, who you have to, <clears throat> you have to throw Dylan in with these, um, from the song, just like a woman, which is from like late sixties. Um, I just find this lyric to, I like it as a, I don't know. Is there a twist to it? I don't know. I think it's a, re I think this goes with what the, the theme, she aches just like a woman, but breaks just like a little girl. And I thought that was like a really clever twist then there's so many um dylan ones but i didn't want to go ho heavy on the dylan um i love the line from scenes from an italian restaurant where um you know bottle of white bottle of red maybe a bottle of rosé instead and then he flips it later where he says bottle of white a and he said, then he flips it later and it's bottle of red, red bottle, bottle of white, white. you know, We're kind of mood you're in tonight. Yeah. And it's, I, I love, I love that, like that flipping that juxtaposition and in his uh, VH1 storytellers, he actually says that the bottle of red, bottle of white, whatever kind of mood you're in tonight, he actually got that from a waiter that said that to him. And he was like, and he took that and made it into that song, which I think is super. I think that's super cool. Um, I have, I have two Neil Young ones. There's so many Neil Young ones because he's one of my favorites. Um, one of them is, it doesn't mean that much to me to mean that much to you, which I thought was just such a clever wordplay and like a twist 
of of like that that idea. And um, also, I am just a dreamer, but you are just a dream. Which, like, when you think about that, like, <laughs> it gets so like far into it. But um, my favorite one that I come to all the time is really the entire song, but especially a particular because I think the the whole song is amazing um, lyrically as well. But Pearl Jam. Light years. Ooh. Every inch between us becomes light years. And I was like, that's like fucking amazing. That line blows my mind. Um, well, since you mentioned Pearl Jam, I'm going to blow something. Nope. <laughs> yep. Thank you. There it is. Well, and that's just as good as from Yellow Leadbetter when he says, uh, you know, I don't know whether I'm the boxer or the bag. Yeah, the and boxer it's like, the oh, bag. my God. Yeah. It's so like, wow. What the hell? Sometimes um, he says that. Y- yes. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's always changing. But uh, I think Pearl Jam gets it for me, especially with uh, the the lyrics from from Light Years, which is one of my all time favorite favorite songs. So that's me. I guess I, I, guess I could go. Um, I actually did have to tone down the Pearl Jam a little bit. Um, I do have a couple honorable mentions here. Uh, one is an Eminem song. Won't, it's called Won't Back Down. And it has, uh, I think it's him in pink. Um, and the, it, the lyrics don't really matter in this case. That's why it's an honorable mention. It's like he's saying, watch the wood grain. Don't don't want no cum stain. Bitch, you're trying to listen. And then as he's doing that, the volume cuts out on the song. But it sounds like someone is holding. It's like sounds like someone's turning the volume down in your TV, your car. Interesting. And it gets me all the time. I'm like, what the hell? And then he's like, and then it comes back up and he's like, don't you try to turn, don't you try to talk to me while I'm rapping? It's like talking to whoever he's talking to. So it's just a cool way of doing it. Um, Billy Joel also ended up in there as honorable mention. That is, um, he's, there's actually two in here. Um, it's incorporating stutters into a song, uh, in a song called you're only human slash second wind. Um, about it's okay to make a mistake. He stutters and he actually made that mistake. And they, Paul Simon, I think, and Christy Brinkley, I might be wrong, convinced him to keep it in because of the fact that it was a song about making a mistake, and he did make a mistake, so he left it in. That's cool. And then um, there's a song called Ain't It Fun by, I think, the Dead Boys, right? Uh, it's an old punk song. I and, don't know that song. And uh, it was, I know it because it was covered again by Guns N' Roses later on, but um, the lyric is, Ain't it fun when you just can't, can't seem to find your tongue, cause you, and the only reason it got bumped to honorable mention is because the next lyric is because you stuck it too deep into something that really stung, which is kind of a dumb rhyme. But the fact that he stutters while saying he can't find his tongue is good. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. how my generation happened with the who. Yeah. It was a, it was a completely accidental stutter and then they were just like, go with it. So, yeah. so now for the wordplay, I, I went, I tried to go funny on some and you know, whatever and deep on some uh, first one is I'm a hip hopotamus. My lines are bottomless. And the music keeps going, and he can't figure out what else rhymes with hip hop onomus and bottomless. So it's just this awkward pause before the song kicks up again. <laughs> that is uh, that is the flight of the Concords. Um, That's funny. Yeah, uh, Billy Joel sharing a drink. This is deeper, but sharing a drink they call loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone, which I used as Fantastic. our example. Uh, Victoria Williams. Also, I know this because of Pearl Jam, but Victoria Williams is a. I think she's a folk or maybe country singer who got. Um, some nerve disorder and couldn't do stuff. So um, Pearl Jam and a bunch of other people recorded some of her songs as a tribute to get her money back in the day. 
Um, she did a song called Crazy Mary about a homeless woman. And the lyric is, um, no, L-O-I-T-E-R-A-N-G-A loud. Because he says it weirds. And then it says, underneath that sign always congregated quite a crowd. It's the way he they pronounce aloud, where it fills in with the thing, but also just the fact that it's there's no loitering sign, and that's where everyone used to hang out. So. But that's a good point, too, the way he presents those lyrics. Yeah. Or it's very... It's like it's a, it's like it's its own instrument. Yeah, very interesting. I forgot about that line. That's a good one. Uh, Pink Floyd, have a cigar. Song is all about how the music industry they just kind of see Pink Floyd as a an asset, which they are at the time, but uh, and don't really understand what Pink Floyd is all about artistically. And the line is, "The band is just fantastic." That's really what I think. Oh, by the way, which one is Pink, or which one's Pink? So it's, yep. if you if you really knew what Pink Floyd was all about, you would know that there's no one is actually Pink. I was literally thinking of that line the other day, like how what a great line it is in context. And uh, I did have to get a Pearl Jam song in there. Uh, this one I decided to go with um, with the song Black. I take a walk outside. I'm or it's, it's a Black for those of you that don't know. Again, more music stuff. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it is a song about a breakup and how it makes everything terrible. And um, the line is, "I take a walk outside. I'm surrounded by some kids at play. I can feel their laughter. So why do I sear?" And Seer could be uh, the thing I do to a steak to try to convince Rob to fall in love with me. Uh, or they will sometimes yeah. – <laughs> or uh, it could be – sometimes he pronounces it see her, meaning he sees all this good stuff happening. The day is wonderful. It's beautiful. But all he's thinking about is his ex. So why do I see her or see her? It really depends on which way you're listening to it. So it's – I think it's very well done. Crazy that they were like 20-something when they wrote that too. Yeah. That's that. Okay, Rob, ruin everything. That's... Okay, well, I'm gonna ruin some shit. Um, it, I, I had a hard time with this. I don't remember. I, I mean, I know the lyrics when I'm singing the song, but I, I don't have the recall that you guys do with like song lyrics. My, my recall pertains a lot more to movie lines, but I did are, come up with a couple. Are your movie lines a total recall? Not not total, near total. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't. Don't believe you made me unmute my microphone just so I, I can go, oh, God. I can't okay. believe I did that. I'm, I, I apologize. <laughs> you, should, you should be ashamed. Shame. There it is. Shame. Shame. Speaking, okay, of, speaking of nuns. <clears throat> All right. I didn't so... Uh, I'll start off with one. Um, I've got I've got a couple of country songs on here. Big surprise. Um, but I'll start off with one by Carrie Underwood. There's not enough rain in Oklahoma to wash the sins out of that house. It's a good line. Yeah. Uh, the the next line is there's not enough wind in Oklahoma to rip the nails out of the past. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that song, but it's about it's about a girl who's revisiting a house. I, I believe no, no, no. It's about a girl who survived a tornado and she let her she let her abusive father die in the tornado. Oh, that's heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four is hey, guess what? Another country song. Uh, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. Oh shit, that's good. Yeah. And it's it's about a guy who finds out that, you know, he's he's got very limited time and, you know, it's it's all about what would you do if you only had, you know, so much time left. 
<laughs> and he, you know, the, the courses, I went skydiving, I went, uh, Rocky mountain climbing. Um, I went, uh, t- uh, 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. So he, he went out and, and lived like he experienced a whole bunch of stuff. So it, it's, it's a, it's a uplifting song, even though it's about a sad, sad topic. Um, my number three, I think is actually going to be another country song. Um, I'll give you the whole lyric. You can, you can, you, you might know the artist. You can guess it for me at the end. Uh, just remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care because some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Uh, Oh, interesting. Is it Johnny Cash? Yeah, Garth Brooks. The song is of course called unanswered prayers. And the the song is the song is about um the a guy who's basically at a football game and runs into his high school girlfriend, you know, that they were hot and heavy when they were in high school and every night he prayed to God that, you know, they would stay together and be married and then, you know, they talked for a little bit and she kinda walks away and then he turns around and he looks at, you know, his wife and his kids and he's so thankful that and he immediately you know, leaves them and goes and has sex with her behind a Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, That's what happened. stand. A refreshment that is stand. exactly what happened. Wow, this song took a turn. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just going to say quite a twist. So that's my number three. My <laughs> number two is one that that is not from a song. And that's this is where I cheated a little bit. But it is a line that I've remembered ever since I read the book when I was younger. And it's from a, it's from a book written by Joel Rosenberg. The book is called Paladins. And there's, a, there's an order of knights, basically. And their creed is the thing that stuck with me uh, ever since I read the book. And the creed of the, of the knighthood of the paladins is justice tempered only by mercy, mercy tempered only by justice. Interesting. So it's all about finding that balance. Yeah. That's cool. That's a and, cool and, line. And how was the book? Did, it, did the book live up to the quote? The, the, the book was actually really good. I wanted, I wanted more. Um, but Joel Rosenberg has passed away, passed away a long time ago. So we will not get any more books in that series. But he, it, I wonder if that, he has that quote on his uh, grave. That was the one that I, that was the one that I told you about that was, um, about the, the knights that had, uh, basically souls in their blades and the, the more pure the soul, the more powerful the magic was. So the, the knights, um, the good knights had souls of saints who, who basically, um, allowed themselves to be put into blades so that they could fight evil, and the guys who had the red blades or the the evil souls, not the souls weren't evil, but they harvested souls from like babies and stuff because their souls were pure. So it was actually a really interesting book. I liked it a lot. Uh, but my number one, and this was the first thing I thought of when this question came up, and for the longest time it was the only one that I had thought of. And I'm like, God damn, this is so fucking hard. I can't do this. Um, you guys know the song. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Oh, that's a uh, that's a great line. It is. It is. Man, that's yeah, that's genius. We will, we will rock you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good. It was a good one, actually. Good I think uh, a wise man once said, "I want to rock and roll all night." 
And oh God, I just got kiss out of my head before got, every day before you got so. on, uh, before you <laughs> logged in, Rob and I were, he sent me a video and it was of a, a kiss cover band that do the, the, um, I think it was, I sent it to you too, Omar. Either Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons mm. look alike gets caught Check on fire. Instagram. He gets uh, caught on fire and doesn't miss a beat as they're, as the roadie is patting out his head. That's the, the pyro set his hair on fire <laughs> and he just keeps going. And he just kept going, did not miss a fucking beat. Okay, and, you know, people are coming by trying to put him out and shit, and he's just rocking. <laughs> I was like, God damn. That's I had a awesome. moth fly by my face, and I I ran, screamed, like, six houses away. <laughs> so uh, we get, we do have one more. Uh, we will, as you look for that video for yourself, um, I'm going to play uh, from our patron of unusual size, Alec. Uh, and it's going to be better than ours, so this is wiping the palette clean. Love that guy. Hey, Give Me Five Podcast, it's Alec. Hopefully I get this in in time. Uh, top five kind of uh, good wordplay uh, lyrics and songs. Tough topic, but I think I, I did pretty well here. We'll see. Um, of course, I got this thing coming up a few times on it. But at number five, I have Nirvana, Come As You Are. I'm just the line, take your time, hurry up, choice is yours, don't be late. I kind of like the way that contradicts itself. Number four, um, there's a Wu-Tang song uh, called A Better Tomorrow, Method Man's Verse. Don't end up like your old dad, still searching for them glory days you never had. Kind of fits in there with the glory days aspect, though, that you never had. I, I, I like that. Number three is a song that I think you could just kind of make the whole song. Uh, a great wordplay, it's Joe Walsh, Life's Been Good. Um, I go to parties sometimes until four. It's hard to leave when you can't find the door. It's tough to handle this fortune and fame. Everybody's so different. I haven't changed. I know that's not using contradictions quite the same way, but if you go into the lyrics, I just, I just think it's very clever. Uh, then I have um, three Bruce Springsteen songs. So I guess number two will have a tie. Uh, one is a song called Incident on 57th Street from 1973. Spanish Johnny, you can leave me tonight, but just don't leave me alone. But then I also have a song from one, uh, a quote from One Step Up, which is a song from his Ton of Love album. Um, it says, there's a girl across the bar. There's a message she's sending. Mm, she ain't looking too married. And me, honey, I'm just pretending, which is a pretty, pretty hard lyric, actually, if you go into it. But, you know, he is married. So it's a, he's looking to have an affair. Um, and then number one is uh, my favorite, one of my favorite uh, lyrics from Bruce Springsteen from a song off the same album, Tongue of Love, uh, Brilliant Disguise. God have mercy on a man who doubts what he's sure of. So, anyway, those are my kind of wordplay songs. That's a contradiction. Like Can't wait to hear yours. Thanks. Bye. Nice. Awesome. Well done. For real. There's so much Bruce Springsteen I have to hear, to listen to. <clears throat> yeah, every time I hear him, I'm like, ooh. I gotta listen to Bruce Springsteen and War on Drugs. I wrote it down, but I forgot to say it. I, I changed by not changing at all. That's a really good lyric too. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Oh well, uh, that's all we got. Uh, so, if anyone would like to contact us, uh, uh, Omar, tell them how to contact us. <sighs> www dot. You don't know, do you? If, if you do, give me six with the number. For special offers and things that you yeah, no you idea. don't know about, and there's a Narnia type portal. Rob, Rob, do you think we should maybe attach like like go maybe <laughs> attach a button 
to we can just put it here at my computer. I'm usually at my computer that and like an electrode in his desk chair. So we can but don't whenever, spell the number six. It's so whenever he just does messes this up, I can send like voltages, lots of voltages six. of electricity directly he, into his testicles. He would be dead. It's not SI. You know, right <laughs> into his testicles. Six. Like it just I like a short just shock whenever it, it's it's going to have to happen. Give me five podcast.com. There's a contest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The winner gets to electrocute Omar's testicles. <laughs> uh, I think that's the title of the uh, episode. <laughs> the so winner gets to electrocute Omar's, <laughs> Omar's testicle. The winner gets to electrocute Omar's testicle. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, give me five podcast.com. Oh, we spell out the five, despite whatever uh, that guy says. Uh, give me five pod at uh, Twitter, Instagram. I've mostly Instagram now. You can see pictures of me at various uh, record stores this week because I decided to post pictures on uh, Instagram. And, so many records. Yeah, and give me five podcast at gmail dot com is where you would write to us. Uh, if you were an electrician, uh, let me know what it would take to get those electrodes in his chair without him knowing, and a but and a I know, and a button attached here. So when I press that button, like I don't have the sound effect of electrocuting testicles, but it'll be like like that, and uh, he'll scream. Okay, so uh, Rob, take stop hitting on me, guys. That's fine. <laughs> He started All messing right. up more when we put the electrodes on his chair. That's weird. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to do it for us tonight. We hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, like I always say, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget that you fucked a giraffe. Oh, my. <laughs> <sighs> it was almost out of the consciousness. But, yeah, you just reminded me. Mm. Mm. To a time